Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my great co-host, Leanne Whippen, and the usual suspects hanging around the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. And we are now on the USA Radio Networks. Today, we're going to be talking to a couple of people. Our buddy, Kel Phelps from uh, Barbecue News and Harold Stockburger will be coming up pretty soon. But first, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. You can find out more about them at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Kels, what's going on, buddy? It's all good, man. How are you guys? We're good. Good, good. Leanne still thinks it's it's Christmas. Good to see you guys, and uh, (laughs) glad you guys are uh, surviving all the cold weather out that way. Oh, Uh, don't don't even start with is. I'm in Florida. You know how that is. Yeah, Don't even you're start. smart, Leanne. You, you're one of the smart ones. No <laughs> yeah, no. ask me that when it's 110. <laughs> yeah, I'll be calling up and, and talking to her, and it'll be 85 out here, 90, and she'll be going. It's 115 down here. In yeah. Melting, so you know that that yeah. happens. What um, comes around goes around, right? That's true. What's going on with the magazine? Man, it's all good, man. Smoking like always, brother. We uh. <laughs> We are uh, off to the new year, um, wide open. I just finished up February issue, and I know you just held up January issue, so that's uh, that's kind of the way we live, man. We get one down, and then another one comes up before we blink our eyes. So, um, just How many years have you been road. doing this? I mean, how many years has the publication been around? I know I remember years ago. I mean, it's got to be 25-plus 31 years we celebrated wow. our 30th anniversary in 2020 so we um 31 years we've been uh we've been going growing and uh i tell everybody i feel like a kid going to school every day at work with all the new digital stuff <laughs> i'm yeah. a print guy you know so learning all this new stuff's different well you're surviving it that's great you're so doing far. great <clears throat> you um you wrote in your column in this it's like clear my throat that's what happens when you live in a cold climate you've always got stuff um you wrote in your in your column this month uh kind of like five things the 22 barbecue and grilling trends and you started it out with really great news meat prices will continue to rise Mm. and and i'm sure that just you know made everybody's skirts blow up in the wind why don't you tell us about that Man, I tell you what, you know, I wish <laughs> I wish I had better news on how things were changing. But the good news is we some communities are seeing some relief from that. And I think I read a little bit about that. But what you're seeing now is um, you got some of these farmers who are getting together with some and making some co-op programs and uh, making they're growing their own proteins, whether it's hog, beef, cattle. Um, and they're 
having their own abattoir and they're actually selling the independent meat stores now. So um, we've got one just down the road from us, uh, about 30 miles. His prices are about 40% less than what you find on the, on the big supermarket shelves. So yeah. uh, when I was in South Dakota this summer, we saw a same uh, exact store that was following that trend. That was one of the first ones I had saw. And um, but now as I've done a little research and uh, travel around a little more, we're seeing it pop up more and more. And I think we'll see that trend continue as we go around. So that'll be our relief from all these high meat prices if if we get enough of those guys started. But that's going to take a while. I mean, you can't just put those together and make them happen overnight, especially with a growth cycle of, you know, 18 months or better for uh, a steer to go to market. That's the truth. What you're going to find is these guys are going to pull out of some of their contracts. They're already with, though, because the different producers are breaking their contracts with the farmers. So much like the dairy industry, I mean, some of those guys had contracts on X amount of dollars for every gallon of milk coming out. And some of these bigger companies kind of reneged on that and started paying a half three quarter of what their agreement was. And so the farmers are left with all this extra product. And um, so now farmers are getting kind of smart figuring out how to uh, get together with independent guys and go back to doing what they need to do. Now you're right. It's not going to happen overnight. You won't see this pop up in a thousand different communities in this year. But if you're lucky enough to be in a small rural community, much like we are, um, it's happening. No doubt. Okay. You also talk about, um, you say pellet grills and cookers will continue to grow in popularity. And I know we've all talked about that before here on the show, but I think it's, for me, it's just the ease of which people can cook with those, which makes them so popular. Yeah, well, you know, we've all known in the backyard that the gas grill has always been king, right? You just... Right push a button and kind of go, you know, the neat thing and the easy uh, improvement, technology improvement with the pellet grills, uh, you can do that, turn it down low and slow and get the smoke effect and uh, taste. But at the same time, you get the ease and convenience of pushing a button and letting it go. So Mm -hmm. um, that trend's not going to change anytime soon. And I don't, I'm not here to tell you. I don't think, um, you know, it's going to take a a long time before the grass grill goes away totally. I don't know that it's ever going to totally go away, but um, the pellet grills are continuing to go and grow. And you can tell that from the market, man, there is, it is saturated with a ton of different brands now for sure. So. Well, and I think the dichotomy of that is we get so many uh, communities now, especially larger ones in California and maybe New York. I don't know about Florida and Georgia, uh, Seattle, areas like that, that they are looking at um, environmental impacts on things. And, uh, you know, stick burners and um, charcoal and even pellets make a lot more smoke uh, than, than gas grills, unless you're not paying attention and you burn up your rack of ribs in the gas grill. But um, I think 
the pellet grills eventually are going to run into some static, if you will, in some of those communities, just because they produce a little bit of smoke. It's, it's negligible, really. But you've always got some guy running around with some meter sticking a wand in the air. And if he happens to hit it on the 4th of July and you've got 20 of them in your community within four blocks going, that's going to change the atmosphere. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that's a sad, (laughs) that's a sad truth, but that is absolutely, absolutely the truth, though. And I can see that happening in some of your bigger communities for sure. Yeah. Um. You said less alcohol. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, <laughs> more <this> seltzers. Is, <laughs> yeah, more seltzers. You said virgin <laughs> cocktails have been growing in popularity. And, and in all seriousness, I think that's true. Uh, you know, the old days where you used to be able to go, you know, get loaded up at a backyard barbecue uh, or even a contest, but more so privately. Those days are, are dwindling. I mean, a couple of beers in an afternoon, I think people are fine with that. But, you know, you're not going to come in with two and a half racks and polish it off. Yeah, I think my my theory behind all this is just watching trends. And when you see like um, even now tailgating at some of the college football campuses or whatever, um, you know, those guys are limiting uh, the amount of alcohol that they they'll actually come in and do cooler checks in several different party schools now sure. to kind of get away from some of that atmosphere and some of that ruckus that comes along with the alcohol. But two, man, I mean, you look as a health trend, it's much like cigarettes, you know, in the forties and fifties, everybody smoked. Right. And um, then as we learned and you know, maybe that's not the best thing for us. So, um, and as bad as I hate it, man, I understand it because now I'm on a sugar kick. I'm trying to kick sugar. And, uh, but I can tell when I don't use it, you know, I feel better. My arthritis, I don't have much trouble with joint pain and all that stuff, but man, I sure love sugar. So <laughs> and I'm the same way with alcohol. You know, the least I drink of it, the better off I am too. I feel a little better. So. Well, it's kind of like that great quote from Animal House. It's no good to go through life fat, drunk, and stupid, you know? And so that's, uh, Dean Wormer said that if you don't get the reference there um you say lots of farm to market direct stores are coming that kind of ties in a little bit with the meat prices and what we talked about that we're seeing that and here on the west coast where um you've got smaller markets they're a bit higher end in some uh respects but they're they're dealing only in local produce local dairy that type of thing right yep absolutely man that's interesting because I think that will probably go um, a little further and that's going to make the regular restaurants change their model. One last question here. You say uh, more restaurants will be utilizing uh, wood fire grills in their cooking. Yeah, absolutely, man. So some of the propane gas and all that stuff, you know, these guys have figured out in the restaurant world um change and uh with their menu changes um trying to figure out how to make them different how to keep the flavor um with a lower cost so wood is a uh it's an all natural product for sure uh and it's fairly cheap and it's abundant in a ton of smaller communities so you know in those 
outlining restaurants or whatever, you'll see those guys go back to a wood fire grill versus a propane or a um, or a natural gas um, fueled direct grill surface. All right, we'll be back with Harold Stockburger. It was great uh, catching up with you. Fantastic. Always, man. Tell Harold I said hello. Uh, we will. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I almost said Horseman's World. That's a syndicated show I did years ago. I don't know where that came from. Wow. Um, Yeah. I'm dating myself here. We, um, Leanne and I would like to welcome Harold Stockburger. If you know anything about barbecue, you live in Tennessee, Chattanooga area, and that you probably know Harold anyway. But uh, Harold's a writer. He's uh, he was a state legislator um, for his own health and sanity. I'm sure he got out of that business, and uh, yeah, <laughs> now he manages a, an East Hardware store. Harold, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Great to be here. So I guess the first question is, what, why politics? <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those deals that, uh, you know, I got involved in a lot of issues and, uh, you know, and issues kind of created interest. And, you know, it all really kind of started from me meeting with who was our current state representative at the time. And, uh, you know, he didn't give me the time of day. So my comment when I left his office was somebody needs to run against him. And guess who that wound up being? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I read some of your profiles and, and uh, you know, I was I was impressed, actually. And, and I've read some of your writing. One thing I, you wrote about and I wanted to ask you about is you were talking about uh, businesses that are uh, kind of setting the bar low, you know, mediocrity type thing. We're, we're settling for that. We'll get to barbecue in a second, but, but how did you come up with that? You know, it, it's something that, uh, you know, here, uh, you know, in this store every day, I talk to my people about uh, basically being better than we were yesterday. Right. Uh, no, no matter what level of success we have achieved, uh, you know, yesterday's performance, uh, you know, is past and you've got to always be pushing forward. And, you know, I feel like anything less than our best is a failure. Do you think that now, how does that equate to barbecue? Because we we seem to have made great strides in the last 20 years, not just in competitive barbecue, but in the backyard weekend warriors getting better at it. Um, should, should, should we really kind of mesh those two together and say, you know, I know you're just cooking for the family, but let's do the best job on those, on that rack of ribs we possibly can. You know, uh, and and I've spent quite a bit of time with Myron and one of the things that I've heard him say is it doesn't matter whether you're cooking competition barbecue or you're cooking, uh, for a restaurant or cooking for your family, it should 
always be good and it should always look good. And uh, and I think personally, I really do believe that anything we do, if we're, you know, like I said, if we're not uh, working to try to achieve our best, then, you know, why are we doing it? Well, I think we're protecting our investment now, too, because we're investing so much money in product that we don't want to mess it up. So we really do want to make it the best. <laughs> that, is, that is true. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that in the previous segment with Kel that and Leanne made the comment and I'll let her take it after I throw her the toss here. But when you used to go to competitions, you used to cook two, three, whatever amount of briskets you wanted or whatever the protein you were cooking. And now with the rising cost, that amount of, of uh, briskets or butts or whatever is, the number has gone down. Which benefits the competitor because they pay more attention to their meat. But at the same time, you know, as I said, I like having a backup. Um, but yeah, it, it, it comes down to the money and, and Myron's right. You know, whether it's for the backyard cook, competition, whatever you should make it the best. I mean, even for your family, why not? You're spending the time to do it. That's what good eating's all about, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get uh, roped into barbecue in the beginning, Harold? You, you know, I mean, of course, personally, I, I've always loved cooking at home. Uh, but uh, when I first came to this store, uh, we were a dealer for Weber and at that time, Duquesne Grills. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, we would sell a few grills, but I can tell you, you know, probably, you know, uh, in reality, probably less than a dozen a year. Um, but uh, we managed to uh, become a, you know, we started seeing some increase. We managed to become a local green egg dealer. Uh, and at that point, uh, I just kind of looked at, at it and said, okay, what can I do with it, with this? And within a short period of time, you know, we come up with some some methods of really introducing the product. Uh, we we did a uh, a little thing uh, for a year, probably a year and a half, uh, once a month here at store. We called it Green Egg Tuesdays at Elders, and we would have a number of uh, you know a big name and even local cooks come in and and do a an evening class uh, one one Tuesday a month. Well, quickly. Uh, we became the uh, largest green egg dealer in the area, uh, and now hmm. we're and uh, now we're the only platinum dealer uh, within this area. Well, we're we're one of only two platinum dealers in in this area, but we don't talk about the second one because <laughs> you know, we, we pretty much have uh, hmm. taken care of that. No. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I'm sorry, but what? Uh, tell our listeners what a platinum dealer means. I mean, you have to move so much inventory. I'm, I'm assuming it's it. It is based on overall sales. It's based on the amount of inventory you stock. A platinum dealer has to pretty much stock uh, everything uh, that that green egg carries from uh, the the little mini egg all the way up to the two XL egg uh, tables. Uh, you name it. Uh, we we stock repair parts at all times. Uh, we even do you know some service um, and uh, you know. It, you know, it's, it's, it's the highest level you can achieve uh, with green egg. Uh, and, and we've done the exact same thing with Traeger grills as well. Are those your two big hitters in your they life? Are. Uh, they are. They uh, are. You know, we're, of course, we're also, you know, we're still Weber dealer. And, you know, I mean, we sell more Weber grills than anybody in the area. Uh, but we're also dealer for Meyer Nixon's grills as well. I think it would be pretty hard 
to not sell Weber products, given their position in the market, their longevity, you know, are most and they're even, affordable. And they're affordable. Yeah. How many how many kettles do you kick out the door every year? Uh, I mean, that's hard. That's honestly, that's hard to say because it's uh, you know, there's there are weeks we may sell five or six at, at a minimum. How did you kind of derive your technique? And we'll cover that when we come back from the break. We're talking with Harold Stockberger. Uh, if you don't know who he is, look him up on Twitter because uh, he's got a lot of stuff on there. And you're listening to Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. If you're enjoying JT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host Leanne Whippen. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your friends and family and beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. And our friends at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. I'm gonna let Leanne talk about Gunter Wilhelm Knives. I caught her off guard here, but she just got some. I did, Um, and they are drop dead gorgeous. I checked the edges, well, they're new of course, but sharp as can be, they're well crafted, and I'm looking forward to taking them to my first uh, barbecue competition that I've done in the state of Florida next week. So yeah, I'm going to put them to the test and looking forward to it. Yay. How long has it been since you've competed? I didn't, I've never asked you that. It's been over five years. <gasps> so um, I'm a wreck. I mean, I, I've done some, you know, little things here and there and I always am cooking, but never doing a full comp and the competitors know it's, it's nice when you're kind of doing it. Um, at least five or six a year, if not more, just to stay in the groove. So yeah, challenge taken. Okay. <laughs> so let's, let's get back to Harold here. The question I asked you before we went to break, when, when you, you said you always love cooking, you've always done this. Was that something you started when you were a child at home? Did your folks grill outside or cook or smoke? It, you know, I, you know, I laughingly, I, you know, I tell people all the time that really whenever, uh, you know, Whenever my dad cooked out, I mean, uh, it was it was fairly simple. I mean, he had a uh, remember the old just kind of flat charcoal grills that we yeah. had back there. We was a kid. He fill it full of rocks for some reason to keep from burning it out. He said, uh, and and you know, it was basically a hamburger or basic maybe a, a piece of chicken or, or occasionally when my grandfather would would kill a bull a uh, a steak. So not not a lot then. Uh, I did. Uh, grow up watching, you know, my mom and my grandmother cook uh, all kinds of stuff together uh, and wasn't really that involved in that. But as I started becoming an adult, uh, you know, I started wanting to to grill and even my grilling was fairly simple because, you know, in the uh, early 80s, you know, it was all about the, the, the gas grills. And so it was, uh, but then, you know, whenever I got into this and I started bringing in people uh, brought Kevin Ward, 441 South, Ryan Lane, Lane's Barbecue, Chris Gentry, and had some people like that come up here and spend time with me. I started seeing how much more uh, could be done, and uh, and it challenged me. And uh, and I still, uh, you know, I get challenged every time I get to watch somebody else cook. 
to to say, okay, maybe I don't, I'll never do it better than them, but can I do something as good or maybe even a little different than what they did? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I you know I grill uh, even though I, I work here. I mean, I grill most uh, every night of the week. Uh, here I get home. Uh, it's something I find a lot of pleasure in. And it also gives me the knowledge that never a customer walks in here and, uh, you know, and especially the ones that have no idea what, what they want to buy uh, because they too have grown up with just, you know, maybe cooking a hamburger or, or a piece of chicken or a steak and they don't realize what all you can do on a grill. I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, our oven never gets used anymore uh, because, you know, there's, there's six yeah. grills sitting on my back deck that I can do anything outside that I can do inside. And, um, and so, uh, you know, it, it gives, has given me the knowledge to be able to take that customer and find out what they really want to do and then make the proper recommendations to them. Has that learning experience over all those years, has that affected the way you actually keep your inventory there at the store? I mean, as you, you said, you've expanded or you've tried to do things different as you've learned cooking and we all do that. But I know, uh, and I'll interject a little something personal here. I know that my technique and style, as it were, has changed immensely over the last like 20 years because of the stuff I've learned. I've been doing this show for going on seven years. I've learned a lot of things from our guests and I've learned a lot from just listening to Leanne and watching her on TV and stuff. And so I've made tweaks in that. So does that affect what you put on the shelf in the store? It it really does, because uh, as you know, I find things that that I need uh, for, for the cooking that I am doing or or even I start having customers come in and say, hey, look, you know, I've been using this lately and it's doing fantastic. Then I start I start reaching out and trying to find those products for the store, um, whether that be a, a new rub or a new sauce or it be, you know, new temperature controls or uh, or whatever I may bring in. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it hadn't been. Uh, but just a, a couple of years ago, I remember the first time I saw people wrapping uh, their their meat with uh, butcher paper, and mm-hmm. I'll, and then a little over a year ago, I brought in butcher paper. Now I can't keep it on the shelf because <laughs> it has caught on. So uh, you know, it's things like that that I, I really try to you know kind of keep my ear to the ground and listen and see what's happening and and make sure I'm bringing in the products that people are looking for. If you run short, I've got one extra roll back in the cupboard. All right. I could probably get it to you if you really needed it like that. Leanne, how's your technique changed? Oh, kind of the same question I asked Harold there over the last 20 years. I mean, you worked in the restaurant business. Your dad, huge influence on you in in that. But over the years, how has that changed a little bit? Well, it changed... um or it changes based on, you know, different cookers I acquire, you know, so I'm always trying to, cause I love different smokers and cookers, whether it's pellet or offset, whatever. So that's my um, thing. I like to cook on different cookers, kind of master them as best I can. And so my cooking changes based on each of those cookers. So 
I I'm just trying to expand my knowledge, you know, if different fire and that sort of thing. What's your preferred method, if you will, Harold? I mean, do you like charcoal? Do you, you said you had a slew of grills on your back porch, like we all do here. Um, is it pellets? Is it gas? I mean, is it a combination of that? What is it a blowtorch? I mean, what do you use? <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I, I've got, uh, you know, I've got two green eggs sitting on my porch. So the majority, I mean, I say the majority, I would used to, I would say the majority, probably 65% of the cooking I do is, you know, on, on the eggs. Uh, you know, it's, you know, I mean, I never would have thought I would need to, but, you know, I found out that there's things <laughs> I can do. You know, I can do simultaneously. You know, I've got, uh, you know, three pellet grills. I mean, I've got an, got an offset. And so, you know, I mean, you know, it, it's funny. I mean, I've got just a, uh, just a, one of the older uh, Traeger pellet grills that I use almost like an oven. I mean, you know, I'll throw my sides in that while, while I'm working on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, primarily, uh, you know, I, I love the, uh, the taste of something over charcoal. And uh, so, uh, that's why I tend to uh, uh, stick to the green egg. I've got an offset cooker that uh, my father-in-law, uh, you know, bought me years ago, and you know, I uh, I use it, you know, here here and there. I don't use it like I used to because it, you know, I have to spend more time right there with it. But uh, but again, I mean, I still, I, I mean, I love cooking on charcoal. Leanne, if you have your druthers, and mm-hmm. I know you've got representation deals and stuff, mm-hmm. but but if you've got your druthers, what do you prefer? Uh, I'm a charcoal person as well. Um, I love my my Jambo. It's a stick burner. I really like it as well. I mean, it. it I have different meats, even like for competition. I have different meats that I cook on different smokers, depending on how much smoke I want in it. Uh, ever since I, I've, you know, on the the pit boss grill, I, I'm just astonished at the convenience of it, and I can understand why they're hot and they're going to stay hot uh, for you to come home from work and tend to fire. It, it's just it doesn't make sense, and, and people won't do it. And at least with a pellet cooker, you can get smoke on your meat. Um, you know, even some of the pit bosses has the direct flame, so you can sear, um, and and you're getting smoke into your food conveniently, so you can't go wrong. Um, I just love barbecue, all barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) What's your, what's your favorite thing to cook, Harold? Uh, Oh gosh. I mean, it's hard to really point to one thing. I mean, of course, I guess like a lot of me, I I love cooking brisket. Um, but you know, a lot of time involved in that, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I try to mix it up from, you know, you know, long cooks to sometimes just a very simple cook. You know, this past year, I finally bought me a, a, a Blackstone griddle. And uh, and I've had a blast with that thing, just just the stuff that I could do on there. Uh, just just something different. And, uh, you know, and, and of course, we, we also stock the uh, the Pit Boss griddles now, too. Uh, Great. But, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, so, but. I look at the numbers, you know, that we sold in griddles last year, and it's it's astonishing um, how that particular uh, side of, of grilling is just increasing at such a, a fantastic rate. Well, I think kitchens, uh, you know, they're moving outdoors all the way around. And, you know, uh, 
a griddle is totally different really than a smoker. You can do quesadillas, you can do fried eggs, you can do breakfast. Mm -hmm. And um, I I know this local store that builds outdoor kitchens and they cannot keep up with the demand because everything is it's moving outdoors. So you need different um, type cookers or whatever, um, you know, to be able to do everything that you did indoors. So a griddle can really accomplish a lot and fast. Yeah, they can. I, uh, I have a, a Blackstone. In fact, I've had mine for four or five years now. It's not a great, great big one. It's, uh, I don't know, 24, 36 inch. I can't remember. Look at that. But it comes in really dang handy. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and wrap up the regular show with Harold Stockberger and Miss Nan Whippen is always right here on Barbecue Nation. Please stay with us. everybody it's jt and this is a special version of barbecue nation it is brought to you in part by painted hills natural beef beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends that's painted hills natural beef welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt and today we've got harold stockburger Joining Leanne and myself, um, don't forget, you can check out our website at barbecuenationjt.com. Carol's going to stick around for after hours. We're going to bushwhack him there a little bit with some mm-hmm. of those <laughs> with those lightning round questions that we do all the time. We were, we were talking about, you know, Leanne made the point of everything's kind of moving outdoors. One of the things that out here on the West Coast, I don't know how it is back East, but pizza ovens are a big deal out here now because mm-hmm. people are building outdoor kitchens, um, good sized ones. Uh, I don't have one. I would love one if anybody's listening, but um, mm-hmm. I think, I think to kind of be complete, if you're outdoor cooking and you're serious about it, I think you are going to have a small flat top and I think you're going to at some point probably have a pizza oven. What do you think, Harold? Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen that this past year. We, uh, I guess it's been, Two years ago, uh, I became an, an Emmy dealer uh, mm-hmm. for the Emmy Pizza Ovens. And, you know, they kind of languished for, you know, about a year. We'd sell one every now and then. But this past year, I mean, kind of kind of like the griddles. We couldn't keep them in stock. Uh, they became mm-hmm. so popular. Yeah, I've also picked up the, uh, the Somerset Grill line, which gives me access to uh, the, the really large uh, outdoor pizza ovens. Have not had... Uh, a request for one yet, but we do have access to it now. So let me ask you this. Ace Hardware, are, are they all franchised out or independently owned? How does it work? Um, like, it seems like you personally get to choose the products you want to carry versus going down the street or to another state, to another Ace Hardware. You're not going to find the same stuff in it. So is that you as an independent or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, each Ace Hardware uh, is independently owned. Uh, you know, Ace is a is a cooperative, and, and of course, uh, you know, the dealers actually own a part of the company. But uh, our our group of stores is 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 twenty two stores, and uh, as a manager of a store, uh, yeah, I mean, even among our twenty two stores, yes, you can go in them. There's some things that are are you're going to find that are very similar. But then there's a lot of things that are going to be uh, that our company gives us a, the freedom to to work within those lines that we see working in our community. And, uh, you know, 
but even across all of our stores, uh, grilling has just grown at a phenomenal rate uh, over mm-hmm. the past few years. I mean, it's, you know, it's double digit growth, uh, you know, every year over the past few years. But, uh, but yes, I mean, our stores are very, uh, you know, we do get that ability to, to, you know, I guess in some ways customize our store to what we're seeing in our communities and, uh, and what people are looking for. Did you find the big push uh, as the COVID stuff hit and a lot of people were locked down or working from home? We've heard that from number, numerous people, but uh, I think out where I live, you after about a month and a half, you couldn't find a grill to buy whether it was at a regular barbecue store, an Ace Hardware. I've got some friends that own a couple of Ace Hardware stores uh, each. And what they had on the floor was what you had had um, because they were pushing them out the door and they were assembling the new for a demo model. And But they ran out and it was tough to get them. You know, I mean, other than a few lines, uh, we, you know, at least me, I didn't struggle that hard with it because I kind of saw what was happening. And I mean, I just started buying everything I could get my hands on. Right. Uh, I mean, I had, I had grills in the back room stacked to the ceiling. And uh, because, uh, and we, you know, we had a fantastic year uh, in 2020 of, of grills. So more grills than, than we ever did. And then we turned right around in 2021 and, uh, you know, sold more than even in 2020. So, uh, yeah. The, the biggest challenges that, that I found through all that was, uh, you know, some of the fuel, charcoal and pellets and some things like that got very hard to get. And so, uh, you know, whenever I could find it, I would order multiple pallets and make sure that, uh, you know, I had it on hand. So hmm. uh, I think that's a lot of what allow, has allowed us to grow like we have is because we were able to keep product in stock. You know, there's two two industries, if you will, that I noticed, and I'm involved in both of them, but I've looked at many. One was barbecue and outdoor living, if you kind of generalize it that way, but mostly cooking outdoors. The other one was golf because they could get outside and go play golf, weather permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were two areas of the economy and stuff that really boomed. Uh, other things, not so much. And so I know saying that once the pandemic really hit and we were all kind of locked down and all of that, uh, man, uh, you can smell the barbecues every day, starting at about three o'clock at, on everybody's back porch where I live. True. So uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's very true. Uh, I mean, we've seen it here and, uh, yeah, and and the thing is, I mean, people have invested so much money in grills and accessories and stuff like that. It is not going to go backwards. I really don't believe. I think uh, I think you've seen, and especially if you think about the number of restaurants that have closed down. You know, there's not as many options now to go out to mm-hmm. eat, and people right. are finding that they can cook things better at home um, than they they did even from a restaurant. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of growth to come in this industry. I think that what happened has changed our uh, politics aside, but it has changed our mindsets as far as we're not running to the store every five minutes 
like we used to. If you well, if you lived in the country where I grew up, you didn't do that anyway. But if yeah. you lived in suburbia or the city, if you needed something, you just jogged off to the store. Now I think people try to kind of economize their visits a little bit and stock up a little more because, like you said, you try to get your hands on everything you can because it might not be there next month. Right. Yeah. It's it, you do that in Florida now, Leanne. Do people do the that? The problem is is that I'm finding it's with produce because I went into Walmart yesterday and I couldn't even get a bunch of parsley there. I mean, the shelves were empty. And you know, I went to Whole Foods and they were completely stocked up. I I went to like six different stores just to get all the things that I needed. And it's very frustrating, but you cannot stockpile produce because it, it you know yeah. it doesn't last long and that and that's the problem i'm finding is that i do actually have to go to the store more because i can't find what i want <laughs> well i think the parsley thing was just the forces of nature knowing that you were going to compete this weekend so I guess. All, all your competitors <laughs> came up there to tampa and bought out all the yeah. parsley they, they did that. Um, Harold, put on your prognostication hat. Tell us what you see for the future for barbecue. Yeah, I mean, I'll say exactly what I said a few minutes ago. I think the future is bright. I think more and more people are learning how to cook at home uh, beyond just the simple hamburger or a piece of chicken or a steak. Uh, they're learning to cook their entire meals. And I, re I really honestly believe that uh, we've only scratched the surface of uh, what the future of this industry is going to become. Um, we'll see you all next week. Have a good week, everybody. Cook something. Have some fun. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.